What up, what up? Welcome back to the There's More podcast. This is your host, Hannah Nitz, who just, you know, just here on the mic, ready to talk about <laughs> more of God. It's uh, world changing, and it's my favorite thing to talk about, and that is just the goodness of God himself. So you've heard it, you know it. I grew up in church. I grew up knowing God and have had a life of just loving him and serving him. Um, But man, in the last few years, God opened my spiritual eyes to see the beauty of time with God, not just serving him, being busy for him, uh, making sure you're at the right church and involved in community and leading the Bible study, but the time alone, the prayer closet, the secret place of being with God. And through that, everything changed. And this is the invitation that I give to you, that there is a personal, interactive God who wants to sit with you and be with you and delight with you. So today, uh, I'm talking about this idea of knowing stuff about God versus knowing God. And it's kind of been messing me up. So join me in the messiness. Here we go. I'm sitting here so excited to be recording a podcast episode, but I feel like I need to be real about what just happened. Literally, I don't have my kids. I'm in my husband's fancy home office, and I'm sitting here feeling like all adult. I have my iced coffee place close to me, you know, because I need it close by as I'm recording and obviously drinking iced coffee all morning long. Um, And I hit record. And this is what happened. <laughs> when I was starting this podcast. <laughs> can you believe I caught that? I caught that on audio. If you can't tell, that was the noise of a giant glass cup of, ice, <laughs> of iced coffee. Literally being thrown off the desk. Like my arms are flailing around. Like I have the most important thing to say. The co- The glass exploded. The coffee exploded like confetti, like somehow little drops of coffee went over my husband's entire office. And here we are. I'm I've returned. I've cleaned it all up. I got a new glass of coffee and we're ready to get started. But just a little humility, you know, to get this party started. So now let, let's do it. OK, well, the ironic thing <laughs> in that beginning and in that introduction is What I was trying to say before I spilled my coffee was that when I started this podcast, I feel like every episode I was coming on exploding with thoughts. I mean, just like I couldn't get enough of what God was revealing and I just wanted everyone to know it. And I was ready to just shout it as loud as I can and write books and go to the corner and be like, do you guys know that God didn't just come like to save us and that's so we pray to him and to get us to heaven, but that he desires this delight with us, like his goodness, his presence. I I just couldn't get over it. And you got to be a part of that, like listening to these episodes, hearing this overwhelming newness and excitement um, with each day spent with God. And it's interesting being, um, so let me think, that would have been, I started the podcast like two weeks before COVID started. Isn't that hilarious? I think it was February or March of 2020. Okay. So we're at like two and a half years. So two and a half years later, 
as I sit here and approach each podcast, let me tell you how my vibe has changed. When I'm interacting with God, is there still this like delight and newness? Yes, there is. However, it's almost like the more that um, God opens my spiritual eyes to see him and know him, the less I realize I know. And it's, it's a hard concept to explain. And I hope that as you're listening, you're thinking, yes, Hannah, I understand. But it's as though um, I gave this example to a friend the other day. And I said, before God blew up my life, you know, 2018, 2019, um, I had been a Christian my whole life. You guys know the story. And I would have described God as like a coffee cup a coffee cup. Okay. Stick with me here. And I'm an aunt and the coffee cup is all there is to know about God. So I'm a tiny aunt. So compared to a full coffee cup of, (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying coffee cup because I just poured coffee all over this office. Caleb, you, I hope you're not listening. I don't know if I'm going to tell you that I just destroyed your office today, but anyway, a coffee cup of what there's snow about God. So I'm this little ant. I'm floating around and I'm like, wow, the gospel and the story of Jesus and his miracles. And oh yeah, all those old Testament stories that I heard my old childhood and I know songs too. And I have the most important Bible verses memorized. Like this is what there was to know about God. He cares about people. He wants us to love our neighbor. This is the coffee cup full of what there's snow about God. So When um, this whole idea and this invitation and this pursuit of God, of him saying, hey, Hannah, there's more. It was as though that coffee cup got poured into like a kid's kiddie pool. I have one of these in my backyard right now, summer in Ohio. We are living that tiny inflatable pool life with my one and four year old. Okay, take the hose, fill it with water. Lovely. If you leave it in there for like three days, it gets all nasty and slimy. You guys know this. But nonetheless, when you were used to everything you know about God fitting into a coffee cup and then all of a sudden it's a kiddie pool, it's like, I don't know what the, I should have looked this up. Like how many ounces fit in a coffee cup versus in a kiddie pool? It's a huge difference, you know? So all of a sudden it's like the hose gets put into the kiddie pool and more knowing of God and who he is gets filled up. And that was when I was starting the podcast. And I was like, guys, do you know? Have you heard? Do you know what eternal life really means? Do you actually know why we pray? Do you actually know that spending time with God is one of the greatest things we can experience on earth? So I'm still this tiny ant. I'm floating around in the kiddie pool. And I'm like, there's more. There's more. (laughs) Have you heard? Have you seen all the things in the kiddie pool? So I would say in the last year... Um, I shared a little bit, I think I did on the podcast. If not, you hear me talk about it on Julie Slattery's podcast called Java with Julie. Uh, I got introduced to my friend Robin Luton. She wrote a book called Valor and she approaches this teaching through this messianic lens of how do we, um, take in all of who God is and really hold the old Testament, uh, high, like Look at all this truth and goodness in the Old Testament and not just say, yeah, that was just important before Jesus came. Now let's focus on the good stuff. And all of a sudden I'm sitting in this kiddie pool 
and I'm learning things about God and the ways to learn about him. And I'm this little aunt and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I think it's a regular size pool. (laughs) Like, I think I've been in this kiddie pool thinking that there was all, this is all there was to God and there's more. But turns out I'm I'm pretty sure it's a regular size pool, maybe an Olympic size pool. Oh gosh, could that be true? And I was kind of sitting in that uncertainty. And then just in the last couple months, um, I think hearing some new teachings, I think getting into God's word even more, I'm like, uh-oh. It's an ocean. <laughs> I am an ant. All there is to know about God is an ocean. And here I am on this tiny little leaf as an ant trying to like pedal and see and explore as much of God as I can. And I'm like, there's more. <laughs> like, I started in the little coffee cup and it turns out it's an ocean full. Now, this is amazing. This is the best invitation because the journey of knowing God is literally a lifelong pursuit. I always thought that just meant that it means we had to be, I don't know, disciplined for our whole life to not give up, like keep pursuing God, keep going to church. No, no, no. It turns out that the reason I'm doing this, the reason we're doing this is because there's an unending ocean of God to know. Ah, this is the best news. Now, yes, this is good news. However, as a podcast host, this is what's going on in my brain. Um, I don't know. I don't know anything. That's how I feel. Because when I was in a coffee cup as an aunt, I was like, yeah, you know, I've heard pretty much everything in here. There's very little about God that is surprising to me or new to me because I grew up in church, you know. Then when I'm in the kiddie pool, I was like, all right, all right, all right. So there's a lot more to God than I thought. And I have to learn about spending time with God. But in a couple years, I'm going to figure that out. And then I'm going to be acquainted with all the water in this pool. Y'all, when you realize that you're an ant and all there is to know about God is an ocean, all of a sudden you're like, I don't think I should have a podcast. (laughs) I'm being serious. I'm being dead serious. Because I just keep thinking, I'm no authority on this. Like, I can't come in. If it's just a kiddie pool and I'm an ant, I can be like, listen, guys, I've swam around this thing a few times and now I have some things that I want to share with you. Um, But as this little ant in an ocean, I come to you each week more and more and more humbled. And I laugh about that at the beginning with a spilled coffee <laughs> exploding all over my <laughs> floor and desk and bookshelves and chair and everything it just hit. But I'm serious. I'm like, God, I don't even know how to talk about you because I'm only seeing 0.01%. And I, as I I talk about my creator and my father and my friend and my savior and my delight, I want to be truthful. And I don't want to come on with this confidence of I have this figured out. So let me teach you, podcast listener. And I hope that that's a tone that you know as you hang out with me and as you listen to the There's More podcast. Um, But it has felt so heavy recently as I've um, been spending time with God. 
it's this joyful invitation of, wow, there's an ocean full to know. Well, at the same time, it's very humbling. And it has really put me in this place where I say, God, all I can do is have my face to the ground in reverence to you. And I, and then I stand and I lift my hands and I say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You are vast. You are amazing. And I worship you for who you are and what I know about you, <laughs> even though it is such a small percentage of all of who you are. I stand in surrender and worship of who you are. So with that being said, I have felt this, um, I don't know, this tension of, of talking about God and of knowing God. I'm, I'm going to be honest. And this is one of the quotes that I heard that has contributed to this messy feeling to me, honestly. Um, I wish I could quote the person. I actually Googled this quote to say, like, is this an author? Did I read this somewhere? Chances are it was probably a wise friend like Noel Beck or Laura Veal who said this to me. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. But essentially this simple quote of it is possible to know a lot about God, but not know God. It is possible to know a lot about God, but not know God. And this has been a quote and this has been a question that has been sticking close to me my last few weeks of time with God. And as I hear it and as I think about it, I keep saying, God, what's the difference? What's the difference between knowing a lot about you and knowing you? How do I know what this difference is? This feels really important. And if we're talking about the more of experiencing you and knowing you and delighting in you, I don't want to just get caught up in knowing more stuff about you, but not knowing you. So in my simple brain, I thought about this for a long time. And I, again, keep asking God, what's the difference? And I came to this simple comparison of what this would look like with a person. So if I was talking to you and I would say, it's possible for you to know a lot about someone, but not know them. When we turn it into a person, it almost feels like, yeah, duh, okay, that's easier to understand. So let's take an easy example we can pretty much all relate to. If you live in the United States of America, our current president is Joe Biden. You can know a lot about Joe Biden, right? I mean, we can get, you can get pretty crazy detailed. You can read books. I'm pretty sure he's written books. You could read books he wrote. You could read books written about him. You could watch the news every day. Honestly, you could probably get on Twitter and find out his schedule pretty much every day, who he meets with, what decisions he made. If you go down enough of an internet trail, I bet you could find some of his favorite meals, his dog's name, some of the hardest things he thinks that he's gone through in his life, um, some quirky personality traits. With the internet, <laughs> we can know a lot about someone, right? I could study Joe Biden for the next year and be like, Ask me any question about Joe Biden, I'm going to get it right because I know a lot about him. People do this. People do this with celebrities. People do this with athletes. With my dad, I remember I could ask him like anything about the Cleveland Indians or the Cleveland Browns anytime in the last 30 years. And he'd be able to tell me like the play, the player, what college they went to, who the coach was at the time and what their record was that year. Like, my dad knew a lot about these dudes, 
but he did not know them, right? You can study a lot about Joe Biden and know a lot about him, but if you've never sat in the same room with someone, you don't know them, right? You don't know Joe Biden. You know a lot about him. You don't know that it, the Cleveland Browns quarterback, whoever that's going to be this year, but you can know a lot about them, but you don't know them, right? Okay, so let's take this back to God. How is it possible then for us to know a lot about God, but not know him? Well, it's in this exact same way. And one of the verses that really caught my eye about this was something I actually heard in a sermon over these past few months. And it was uh, in Psalm 103, uh, verse 7. It's talking about God. It said, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. Now, I would have just kept reading. Like, I would have been like, okay, so he made himself known to Moses, known to Israel. But all of a sudden, when you stop and reread this and look at the different things that Moses saw versus Israel saw, okay? He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. So I read a commentary that I feel like summarized this way better than I could because I think I wrote five pages in my journal about this that were all over and messy. <laughs> but this guy was was very um, concise when he wrote this summary. Okay, so talking about Psalm 103.7. The sons of Israel saw God's acts, his deeds, his miracles. Moses, however, knew God's ways, his character, and his nature. The people knew what God did, but Moses knew God. Moses had a relationship with God. Moses knew the nature and the character and the presence of God. The people, however, only knew what God did. They didn't have a personal interaction with God. Because of this, when they did interact with God, their response was often fear word. So this idea of Moses knowing God's ways, essentially who God is, while the Israelites were just stuck on what God did. Man, it's possible to know a lot about God and not know him. It's possible to even know the things he did and his miracles and his decision but missing out on the bigger picture of his ways and who he is. Like Moses having his eyes on, God, I want to know your ways. I want to know your character. I want to know your nature. I want to know your presence. While the Israelites are over here, honestly, just looking at what God can do for them. Like, God, the only things that I'm really looking at are the things that impact me. Versus Moses looking at God himself. So when I looked at this verse in Psalm 103.7, you know, one of my favorite things to do with God's word is read cross-references. So those tiny little verses at the bottom of your Bible that point you to different places in scripture that talk about a similar concept, tell the same story in a different book of the Bible. It is like so beautiful for helping the Bible teach me the Bible, you know? So a cross-reference that it took me to from this verse in Psalm 103.7 was Exodus 33.15. This is Moses and God having a conversation. And in this conversation, um, God is telling Moses that he needs to leave. 
So this is in chapter 33. The title of it is the command to leave Sinai. So God is giving instruction to Moses of like, hey, boo, you got to get out of here. So um, they're having this conversation. Moses in verse 15 says to God, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. If it is not you going with us so that we are distinct from every other people on the face of the earth. And man, I just sat on this verse for a while and was like, okay, so Moses isn't saying, hey, God, in leaving here, are we going to be safe? Hey, God, in leaving here, are you sure this is the best thing? What was what was Moses most concerned about? That if this doesn't happen, I ain't leaving. It was that God himself would be there. If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Is it not in your going with us that we are so distinct from every other people on the face of the earth? Moses' focus was not on the things of God. It was on God himself. God, your presence, your presence come with us. And really, I keep thinking back then to this quote, man, God, is it possible, if it's possible for me to know a lot about you but not know you, what is one of the major differences between those? And I keep coming back to this thought of God's presence, his presence. Not just reading his word, trying to learn a story and learn some facts and memorize some Bible verses and understand my theology, but to sit in it with his spirit and his presence and say, God, if I walk away not learning anything, but you are there, that's all I desire. God himself. I want to know you, not just know stuff about you. Moses is a beautiful example of that. And I love this request in Exodus 33 that he's saying, hey, if your presence isn't there, I'm not going. Another cross-reference took me to Psalm 25, 4, where David is also using this phrase of knowing God's ways. So not just knowing his acts, knowing his ways, knowing the character of God. And it's essentially in this prayer where David says, make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. I love this prayer. And I want to add this verse um, to something that comes in my regular rotation of something that I want to meditate on and pray regularly and say, God, make me to know your ways. Teach me your paths. Father, I want to know you. Don't let me get caught up in all this other stuff. And I miss the most important thing of knowing you. And this was so much of the more of God for me because I knew God's saving gospel and I knew things about God. But it was the first time in my life that I learned how to sit with God by himself, not a pastor teaching me, not a book teaching me, not a biblical community that I needed to go to in order to hear about God, but me and God knowing God himself. And that's why this prayer is so beautiful. Psalm 25, 4, saying, God, make me to know your ways. Teach me your paths. This is my heart. And if it's not my heart, would you make this my heart? Would you help me to hunger for you? Woo, we want this, God. 
I remember for me when some of this first began, and again, this was when I was in a kiddie pool and I thought I could learn it all. Now it's an ocean and I don't know anything. But I remember searching the scripture and saying, God, what's happening to me? How could I be a Christian my whole life? And all of a sudden this knowing of you feels like a whole new territory. Where does it talk about this in your Bible? Because I know a lot about what the gospel is and I know a lot about getting saved, but I don't know what this is. And I remember going to the book of Job because I don't even know who. I don't know if someone recommended that or where it came from. Again, I always learn from smarter people around me. I wish I could remember better so I could credit them all. Um, But I think the story of Job, while we often use it as a story of enduring really horrible trials, which is also true, um, it tells this story of knowing God himself and Again, this difference between knowing about him and knowing him. I think this example from Moses and uh, one of the distinctions is his presence. I think from Job, another distinction that we learn is experience, the experience of God. So do you guys remember why it was Job? Why Job was the one who endured such horrible, hard things and went through losing absolutely everything, and this complete attack from the enemy. Do you remember? If you open to Job chapter 1, it begins to describe who Job is and why why the story was all about him. So this is how Job was described. Job 1.1. There was a man in the land of Uz, Uz, I don't know, Uz. I should probably know that. The land of Uz. Sounds like Oz whose name was Job, that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Could you imagine there being a book of the Bible about you and verse 1, chapter 1, that's how you are described? It's insane. A man who was blameless, upright, feared God, and turned away from evil. And then in verse 8, God himself talks about Job. The creator of the universe says, hey, this is Job. There is none like him on earth. He is blameless and upright who fears God and turns away from evil. Woo. And if you remember, this is the part where God essentially then says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? So out of anyone on the world, God says, there's no one like my bro, Job. He's blameless. He's upright. He fears God. He turns away from evil. So he clearly, in the eyes of God, is in a pretty great standing. Him and God have this relationship. Like, he is upright and no one on the earth is like him. So you'd have to imagine him and God are pretty close, okay? But after 42 chapters of pain, of loss, of the greatest suffering, some of the greatest suffering the Bible describes, of losing absolutely everyone and everything in his life, at the very end, he's praying. He's talking to God. And Job 42, verse 5, Job says to God, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Whew. So Job, who was this man that no one else was like him in the earth, after walking through this 
horrible suffering, he looks at God and says, man, before I knew of you through my ears, like I heard it and I believed it and I followed it. But now I see you eye to eye. I see you, God. I know you. And that didn't come through studying. That didn't come through getting more serious. (laughs) That didn't come through, I just got to be more disciplined and spend time with God. For Job, this came through experience. Like experience of walking with God in some of life's greatest suffering. Where he came out and was like, man, God, I think I knew a lot about you but now I know you. One word that I've talked about many times before, pretty sure on the podcast a few times, is this word to know God. And this word that's used all throughout the New Testament in the Greek of knowing God. So again, to this original quote, God, how do we know you and not just know things about you? When the New Testament uses that word, the Greek word is gnosko. And it's the Greek word used for know in reference to knowing God. Now, the wild thing is when you click on this word and define it in the Greek, it means what you'd expect to learn, to know, to come to knowing, to get a knowledge, to become known. But then the second meaning is a Jewish word for sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. So, for example, in Matthew 125, we're talking about Joseph and Mary. They said, uh, Joseph took his wife but knew her not, so gnoscoed her not, until she had given birth to a son. Okay, so that's saying that they didn't have sex, okay? So Joseph took his wife, but gnoscoed her not until she had given birth to a son. So I just land on this often because I'm like, okay, God, the same word that you use to know you not just know about you, but to know you. This is eternal life that they know you. In John 17, it says that, gnosko you. It's a personal, intimate, experiential knowing of God. I mean, think about this when it comes to sex. This, this knowing, when you know someone sexually and have this knowing of them, This isn't just something that you read in a book. This isn't just facts that you know. It's experiential. It takes all of you. You're knowing someone not through an exchange of thought, but a literal full body knowing. And God uses the same word to describe us knowing him. So it's like he's what he's inviting us to is into this pursuing him through the revelation of himself In this experiential knowing of God, not just knowing things about him, but knowing him. And there's just no way that we will experience gnosko if every time we open our Bible, we're just trying to gain information and learn facts and understand theology better. These are important things to do, but that isn't what leads us to gnosko. We won't experience Gnosko if we don't even open our Bibles and instead we're relying on sermons and talks and books from other people. How will we know God himself if instead of being with him ourselves, we're only learning about him from other people? Like this Gnosko, this knowing, this invitation, it's beautiful and man, 
even now, as I'm talking about this on a podcast, making it sound like I have this figured out, I don't. And this is why in the last couple of weeks, this quote has been shaking me. As I'm, uh, I'm reading through the book of Hebrews right now, Hebrews is a little confusing. Hebrews has a lot of Old Testament references that I don't really know and I don't really understand. So then I'm trying to read these cross-references. I'm trying to read these things in the Old Testament. I'm trying to understand who Melchizedek is and why it matters that he was a priest and how that's connected to Jesus. And there's sometimes that I'm walking away from my time with God and I'm saying, man, God, that felt like a fact dive. I felt like I was trying to figure out something scholarly. And God, I want my motive and I want my heart to be that I want to know you and not facts about you. Is that where I am? Is it okay that I'm reading about what it means to be a priest and who Melchizedek is? <laughs> and I'm wrestling, I'm still wrestling with that. But I just keep coming back to this heart of God, I want to gnosko you. I want to know you. And if reading about Melchizedek is somehow going to reveal more of who Jesus is and why it's a big deal and why Hebrews talks about that this is a big deal, that's great. If I walk away with just 10 fun facts about who Melchizedek was and what it means to be a priest and why it's written in Hebrews, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to know you. I don't just want to know stuff about you. And Father, that is our prayer every day. Every day as we're seeking you, Father, give us a heart. Give us spiritual eyes. Reveal who you are, Father, and not just stuff about you. Last podcast episode, I said at the end that if you wanted to talk at all about anything on the episode, things you're thinking about God, your personal time with him, that I would love it. So there's two main ways to get a hold of me. One is if you click the link in the show notes, you will see a link to my Marco Polo. This is a great way for you and I to send video messages back and forth, which I love. I want to give a special shout out to Jenna Krupp, Lucia, and Rachel Kingman, who have been messaging me on Marco Polo. It's been lovely to meet all three of you. I've loved it. Uh, the other way is just through my website. You can send me a message on there and we can email back and forth. Special shout out this month to Hannah Heindel, Heidi Brown, Joanna Stevens, and Amy Lynch, who have been messaging back and forth with me. Friends, getting to talk to you about this and wrestle through the good and the bad or encourage you in your time with God is literally one of my favorite parts of the podcast. So I hope you will send me a message and we can chat it up, you know, <laughs> about more of God, about his ways versus his acts. We just have so much, so much to learn. Do you agree that it's an ocean? Maybe message me and tell me that. <laughs> hey, as always, thanks for listening. I just want you to know it. I want you to taste it. I want you to experience it. I really do. Do you know, have you heard that there is 